Jedi abducted. Ahsoka Tano is missing in action. Captured and released into a hostile jungle, she fights to stay alive with the help of a small band of Jedi younglings. As Anakin Skywalker scours the galaxy, desperate to find his lost apprentice, Trandoshan sport hunters track their youngling prey. With the death of their leader, Khalifa, and separated from her friends, we find Ahsoka on the run as the hunters close in around her. Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar. Welcome to the 130th Wookiee Wrecking House episode of Mandovision, Nargai Tom. And thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. This is what we do. Remember, the best way to ooh, the best way to find us is, of course, on social media. We are at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. Email the show at MandovisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, and sharing the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. If possible, or so inclined, remember, five-star reviews are an insanely great way to help out small podcasts like us. And we thank you in advance for your support. Here it is. We've made it, folks. We are all the way to the end. Season 3, Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Uh, I am excited and delighted that we have reached this point. Uh... I mean, I think it goes without saying that, that season three has been the best one so far in our, in our rewatch here on the show. Uh, and that's because, I mean, the progression with, with the characters, with the storylines, uh, has, has moved the story forward in such a way that, that we're really being able to dive into a lot of really interesting aspects. You know, it's not just focused on the Clone Wars and kind of moving uh, pieces around in that war necessarily, but... Uh, but we're starting to be able to dive deeper into, like I said, we, like we talked about with, with Mortis and, and with uh, the Citadel. Kind of building into Jedi Force mysticism, building into some of the relationships that are going to come to be in the original trilogy, like Tarkin and Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. Uh, but the storytelling has just progressed as well. The storytelling, like the, the writers, the directors, everyone seems way more comfortable now with this show and, and you know not having to... It almost feels like they're they're free of, of the of the burden of introducing this concept to the world now. It's like they they just kind of like lean into it, like, hey, we're just going to tell our stories. We're going to get out there. We know what we're doing. We want to show the growth of Ahsoka, and we get that. Remember, this is the season where you know about 10, 12 episodes in, uh, 
we, we see Ahsoka change, right? We witness her growth spurt, changing the costume, goes to the two lightsabers, the whole shebang. So everything starts to progress a lot in, the, in this in this episode, or in, I'm sorry, in this season. And a lot of the, the sort of, the, the sort of a chronological chronological storytelling that they don't employ in in the first couple of seasons you know remember they jump back and forth across the timeline quite a bit uh, this these episodes here stay a little bit more focused uh, because we have we sort of have that that line in, in the sand of, of younger ahsoka versus a now more mature ahsoka tano so the the timeline now is a little bit more clear for us to follow along with with the progression of the characters and Again, I think that leads to a, a lot more stronger storytelling, and, and we, we see that crystallize even further uh, when we get to go into next season. And I have not, I have not looked too far ahead into season four, but I know, I remember much of what is to come. But it's going to be exciting to rewatch it, and and I'm I'm really really pumped up for season four on the rewatch. Uh, there will be a small break between Star Wars: The Clone Wars seasons on, on our rewatch episodes. Uh, so don't be alarmed if, if I go a week or two before we jump back into season four and kind of roll from there. I think we're going to spend some time uh, sort of dissecting the Book of Boba Fett when that wraps up here um, at the end. Of the, it, as you listen to this, it should be wrapping up on Wednesday. If all, if all goes according to plan. Uh, and then we're going to do, uh, you know, we'll do that day of review as we've done for every single episode of the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, and then I want to go back into it. Uh, do sort of a, a, a after action, post mortem, whatever you want to call it, on the entire series, and I'm hoping to to loop in some people to come in and join us. At least one person. We'll, we'll see if I can get more than that. I'd like to have a little bit of a roundtable discussion if possible. Uh, so fingers crossed that all comes together the way I want it to. You know, schedules are are hard to balance and juggle. Uh, mine is no exception to that. So, so we'll, we will see what we can pull off. But I, I would like to do that. So yes, there will be a brief brief hiatus on, on Star Wars The Clone Wars. Like I said, a week, maybe two tops. Uh, and then we'll get back into Season 4. But but let's let's stay focused on the on the topic of the day. Season 3, Episode 22, Wookiee Hunt. Original air date, April 1st, 2011. Again, they, they, they closed out the season with an hour-long episode. They, they played Padawan Lost and Wookiee Hunt back-to-back. And, I you know, why not, right? They're so intricately woven together. And when I say that, it's sort of I'm, I'm being mock serious a little bit. It's, it's not the most intricate of Star Wars-based episodes, but I think these are fun. These two are really, really fun episodes. This one in particular. Let's take, let's get to our plot. The Jedi younglings, led by Ahsoka, free a Wookiee prisoner from a transport. Together, they form a plan to attack the Trandoshan base ship. If you don't know who the Wookiee is, I'm just going to put the spoilers out there now. It is in fact Chewbacca. So. Hey, <laughs> hope you know. Hope that's not going to break your mind. All right. Uh, yes, we get our first star, uh, our first Star Wars: The Clone Wars action for Chewbacca, the legendary Wookiee, the legendary partner of Han Solo, uh, making his animated series debut. And the, the, yes, you read that right, or you heard that right. He's taken prisoner. He's captured. Chewbacca getting into trouble again, getting captured by bad people, and then uh, having to be rescued yet again. I don't want to say this is a thing for Chewbacca, but. Man, when you're 200 years old, you got to get better at evading capture. My goodness. All right, Chewie. Simmer down. Don't don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that. We're friends. You know I love you. You know I love you. 
All right, our cast this episode, uh, once again, headed by the the amazing, the incredible Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka Tano, Sunil Maholtra as Jinx, Matt Lanter as Anakin Skywalker and Clutch, Sam Clark is, I'm, excuse me, Cam Clark is Omer, Jeff Anderson, the Jeff Anderson from Clerks fame, is Smug, Zach Hanks is Garnack, D. Bradley Baker is Shohek and Goron, James Arnold Taylor is Lagan and Plo Koon, Richard Green is... Low Terran and Cricks. Tom Kane is our narrator. And Anna Graves returns as Sugi, who has a interesting appearance in this episode. I think we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, as we get into the episode proper. But I totally spaced that Sugi was in this episode. And I cannot for the life of me understand why Sugi's in this episode. Other than for them to have like a familiar face. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can talk about that a little, bit, a little bit more maybe on the other side of the bump, uh, bump up, bumper, bumper. It's a bumper. It's a bit of a bumper. Uh, and I do need to apologize. I think last, I think on the last episode, I think it got Jinx and Omer confused. So Jinx is the Twi'lek and Omer is the Saran. Uh, and my mistake. Sorry about that. Got a little, they don't get a ton of voice at work, you know. They don't get a ton to say. But I did mix that up. So sorry about that. Uh, our Jedi Fortune Cookie this week. A great student is what the teacher hopes to be. Uh, and that really ties into our to our final moments on, on this episode. Uh, when, when Ahsoka returns to Coruscant, when she returns to the Jedi Temple, and uh, Anakin is just so apologetic for, for not being able to find her, to not being able to rescue, for allowing her to be captured in the first place. Uh, and, and Ahsoka is the one who has to, has to teach him. It applies a teachable moment for, for Anakin that... that Hey, you gave me the skills to survive this situation, and and Anakin has to, you know, again, be willing to learn that that his student is capable, his student is uh, responsible, and has, has paid attention to his lessons. He has to learn that on his own. And uh, again, the, again, the great teacher is also a great student at the same time. So Anakin has to do a little bit of learning on this one, uh, and I think that's exciting for their growth. And we'll talk a little bit more about that particular uh, moment at the very end of the show when, when we kind of get to go into it with a little bit more detail and some of the um, things that we witness when we watch that sequence as it, as it plays out because there is some some detail in there that I think is worth exploring and having a little chat about. All right, so let's do it. Let's get into the show. I'm excited. We're closing out Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 3. And, and you know, the other thing, let me say this real quick because, because I think when we started this project here on Mandavision, uh, I, I was I was concerned. <laughs> it, it felt like I was I was uh, maybe biting off a little bit more than I could chew for the podcast, and I just remember those early seasons of of, of Star Wars: The Clone Wars being somewhat of a slog to get through. Because uh, this wasn't the first time I tried to go back and rewatch Star Wars: The Clone Wars, and I always sort of petered out um, around like the first dozen or so episodes. Uh, Having to do this, I shouldn't say having, but but choosing to do this for the podcast, uh, and 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 sort of committing to it and and sticking with it, you know, kind of getting over the hump, if you will, if you want to say that the early seasons are a hump, uh, has been really rewarding. It's been really enriching. I've really enjoyed going back and rewatching these episodes, and they hold up much better than I than I thought they did. And I don't know, again, it's my mind playing tricks on me in my old age that maybe I just thought they weren't as good as they actually are. I mean, there's some there's some there's some rough spots in, in season one and season two. Um, and I think there's some rough spots coming up in season four, if memory serves. But by and large, 
this has been a wonderful experience. And, and getting to go back on Ahsoka's journey from the start is just fantastic. It's just fantastic. So I've, I've really been uh, delighted with it. I hope you all are enjoying uh, going back with me on these. I know I'm not the only podcast uh, going back and rewatching Star Wars The Clone Wars right now. Uh, so if, if you stayed with me uh, and the other podcasts, uh, I can't thank you enough for doing so. So uh, cheers to you. Uh, I, will, I will take a sip of beer from, for a moment in uh, honor of you. So let's get to the show. You know what that means. It's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Where is she? This one was faster than most. I've lost the scent. She can't hide forever. Mark my words. I'll have her hide and nail it to the wall for killing my son. This episode opens with Ahsoka on the run from the big game Trandosian Hunters, and we get a really wonderful homage, in my opinion, to Predator, the 87 Schwarzenegger classic, uh, the sequence when she's underneath the log, the Trandosian on there sniffing around for her, much like the Predator did to Arnold in the movie. Uh, it's a really great sequence. I really enjoyed it. There's a lot of detail in the work on, on, this, on this shot as well. You know, the Ahsoka underneath the massive fallen tree... And uh, you like you can see like the ants and the bugs kind of skittering over that tree trunk, and and as Ahsoka you know maintains her position, doesn't move, is deathly silent as she listens to the Trandosians and the boss Trandosian arriving to pick him up, promising to kill Ahsoka and and nail her hide to the wall for the murder of his son, at least the murder in his eyes as he sees it, uh, despite the fact that these people are uh, murdering. Uh, millions, not millions, but dozens and dozens of innocent beings, uh, all in the name of their big game hunts on on this particular planet. Uh, it, it's like I said, I love the homage here. And then another another thing that sort of clicked into place, or at least in my mind clicked into place, and I'm curious how you all feel about it. Is and I, and I sort of noticed this in the in the first episode, uh, but in this one, it really dis, is it really again. It really seemed to lock into place in my mind. And and that is sort of like the Trandosians in in this two parter. Uh, they seem to have a lot in common with Velociraptors from Jurassic Park. And there's a specific moment that I that I that where I'm like, wait a second, what? <laughs> Which is uh, towards the third act here when when they, when our t when our heroes storm the Trandosian base ship, uh, and one of them one of the Trandosians uh, makes a an alert signal. Like the Velociraptors did in Jurassic Park Three, you might remember that great one, <laughs> quote unquote great one, when when uh, when a Velociraptor made some kind of distress signal. Uh, it is a very unique sound, and this Trandosian seems to do the same thing. Uh, so so w uh, on the sequence when the when the Trandosian is on the on is on the felled tree, and is, is sort of sniffing around and making the Trandosian noises that we're starting to become accustomed to. Uh, yeah, it all kind of like sunk into place. It's like, oh, they're doing like a Jurassic Park thing with these guys, where it's like, the you know the way the Velociraptors hunted the humans in that is sort of what is 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 sort of like an added characteristic for the Trandosians in this two-parter. If, if let me know if you agree or disagree with that, I'm 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 very curious what you think of that that observation, or if you're like, yeah, duh, yeah, duh, dummy, you you finally caught up. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hey, it's possible. It's very, very possible. This episode, uh, like much of of, or, I'm sorry, like the like the first parter, uh, it's 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 all just very direct. It's it's very right on Front Street. 
there there's there's not too much complexity there's not too much dig deep thinking required to enjoy these episodes it's all right there the um, interesting aspects we'll, we'll talk about when they pop up but they're all t- more towards the third act uh, but it's interesting with Ahsoka attempting to convince the Padawans to, to join her in, 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 in an attempt to capture the ship that drops off the prisoners. They, you know, they have a little bit of intel that that ship arrives every few days, dropping off more prisoners for the hunt. Uh, so Ahsoka launches a plan to, to capture that ship and get off planet and get, get them all out of there. So let's go ahead and catch up with that sequence now where, where Ahsoka reunites with the younglings after the death of Khalifa, and, and we'll, we'll see how they stand. You made it. We feared the worst. Where's Khalifa? She didn't make it. She's dead. I... I can't believe it. She had been here longer than any of us, and now... We're all going to die here. It's only a matter of time. If it's only a matter of time till we die, I say we go down with a fight. That is suicide. You've said that every few days they release new prisoners on the beach. I say we attack that dropship head on. They'll never expect it. <sighs> is it worth a shot? Maybe it is. Now you get a really nice action sequence where the three uh, young Jedi attempt to capture the prisoner drop-off ship, the transport ship, if you will. And it's three of the Padawans versus two transitions, fully grown, fully angry, very strong. Uh, we see Omer and Jinx have some trouble with the one that they're going after. Ahsoka goes in to go get the pilot. Uh, the pilot is prepared as well, starts blasting around the inside of a ship. That doesn't seem like the smartest idea, but it's a really fun action sequence here. There's a lot of really good action, um, a lot of fighting, good fights. <laughs> I'm not using the right adjectives at all to describe this sequence with you, but it's really a good sequence. I uh, Again, the Trendosian captain there, the pilot, shooting inside of the bridge seems like a horrible, horrible tactic, in, in my opinion, as he damages just enough equipment for the, for the ship to spin out of control and eventually crash into the surface of the moon, of the, of, of the planet. I want to say they said it was a moon in the first episode, but maybe I'm misremembering it. Maybe it is just a small planet. But I'm going to pretend it's a moon. That's no moon. That's a space station. Okay, it's not a space station. It's definitely a moon. All right. <laughs> so, so that's what happens. The ship gets crashed. Good sentence. They, <laughs> the ship crashes to the surface, uh, but not before Ahsoka is able to release the prisoners. She doesn't want them to die because of something they did, so she's able to uh, release the hold, and that will, will fall separately away from the ship as it explodes all around them. And our Padawans reconvene on the beach to... A scary yet familiar noise for all of us Star Wars fans. Let's check it out. What was that? A survivor. It could be one of the prisoners they were dropping off. What is that? It's a Wookiee. So the Trandoshans go to the crash site. They don't like what they see. 
And it's a small scene, but it amuses me, so I want to go ahead and play this uh, as, as they start, kind of surmise the wreckage and the fallout of what's been going on around them. Uh, check it out. Enjoy this. It's the younglings that did this. They're getting bold. What about survivors? Both of our men were killed, and there was only one prisoner. A Wookiee. And he's missing. So, now the younglings are organized, bold, and they've got a Wookiee. Oh, they do. And oh, what a Wookiee he is. So we're back in the treehouse fort <laughs> of the younglings. They now have Chewbacca with them. And it's time to figure out the next plan. Like, how are they going to get out of there? You know, they, were, they, were, they wanted that ship to take off. But Chewbacca has a plan of his own. You know, Chewbacca, quite the savvy engineer on his own rights. He's going to plan on, uh, he wants to build a transmitter. Because he can reach out to Kashyyyk and, and, and signal his people that this is where he's at. That he's been captured and taken to this location, and he's going to call for help and reinforcements at this point. Uh, so they have to go back to the wreckage, but they suspect that the Trendosians will lay in wait and have a trap ready for them. Well, they don't really suspect it. But Ahsoka has Jinx and Omer stay back to kind of cover their flank, as, they, as it were. And as Ahsoka and Chewbacca attempt to find the pieces that they need to build this transmitter, Omer and Jinx come across a, a Trendosian laying in wait in a sniper position, who's about to, to kill Ahsoka and Chewbacca uh, before they spring into action and they're able to subdue the Trandosian and now they have a prisoner. And that's going to be the next part of the plan, right? Because this transmitter is not, it's not a guaranteed thing and, and now the Padawans, uh, you know, like we talked about last week, Ahsoka's helped kind of put the fire in their belly so now it's time for the next part of that evolution for them. Let's say we do it your way. What's the plan? We can use the prisoner to trick the enemy into flying one of their pods down to us. Then we hijack the pod, fly up to their base, and take them by surprise. Ahsoka, you got us to believe in ourselves again. And, well, I believe Jinx's plan will work. Look, do what you want. But Omer and I are leaving with the prisoner in the morning. Their hearts are in the right place. You know I can't let them go alone. <laughs> We're not going to be able to do this without you. We need your help. <clears throat> Who knows? Maybe our luck's just about to change. So while they wait for the transmitter to work, there is a plan in place. They will use the prisoner. Uh, Jinx will, will Jedi mind trick that prisoner into thinking he's escaped and it's time to call in uh, Trandosian support. A pickup back to base. And that's when they'll spring into action. And, and for the first part of the plan, everything works out. The, the, the younglings and Chewbacca are able to take one of the, uh, one of the little pod shuttles and get back to base and spring their attack. Uh, but surprise, surprise, the Trandosians, uh, not as easily as easy to subdue when they are in numbers. And I want to go ahead and find that little sequence where the Trandosians sound the alarm to alert the others about the attack from the younglings and Chewbacca. Uh, because, again, this is that moment where the, the sort of Jurassic Park thing connection sort of sealed itself in my brain. And so I'm really curious if you all feel the same, if you think I'm way off base, or I'm just a lunatic. So <laughs> I'm going to play that for you right now. Oh, and we're going to start with Chewbacca throwing a Trandosian off of the, the elevated airbase, because I, I just like to hear Trandosian scream, apparently. 
All right, now the battle's in full swing. But yeah, you heard that that noise there, right? Am I nuts? Is that Velociraptor from Jurassic Park 3 or what? Maybe I'm crazy. Who knows? We'll get Bryce Dallas Howard to come on and ask us. I think she's an authority on Jurassic Park at this point. She's got her own trilogy she's wrapping up. That'll be out soon. We can talk about it then. Maybe maybe all those dinosaurs will do it again. <laughs> uh, but uh, the Trandoshans do get the upper hand on our heroes. Appear to have them subdued. Uh, but also, we cut back at a certain point, and we see that Chewbacca's transmitter has locked on to a signal from Kashyyyk, and is transmitting the, 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 the appropriate data information. And now a bunch of Wookiees are en route, piloted by Sugi herself, who you may remember from earlier in the show. I uh, believe is not this episode of the show, but in earlier in earlier seasons. I think it was back in episode, uh, episode or, sorry, season two, the Bounty Hunters episode, uh, with, I believe they were on Felucia, the, ironically enough, the planet where uh, Ahsoka was kidnapped from, and they came across some bounty hunters who were hired by a village to protect them from bad, bad people, from raiders, from uh, from Onaka, right? So this is our first time seeing Sugi again, and she has some connections to some of the novels uh, of the new Expanded Universe canon. Not in great detail, she's mostly just mentioned as the, the aunt of one of the characters that the Aftermath trilogy follows. Uh... But yeah, so sort of interesting that she's thrown in here into this mix. Uh, but let's check it out as the Wookiees arrive on the scene and we get to see Sugi of all people. Make it quick, General. We're charging by the minute. And if my ship gets damaged, it'll cost you extra. Now with the Wookiees on their side, the tide of the battle has turned, and Ahsoka's going to go and pursue the, the Trandoshan leader, and it's time for a bit of a reckoning between those two, as, as again, he's still out to kill her for ki the death of his son, and I want to play that bit when, when they sort of, when their battle sort of reaches, reaches a, a, a culmination point. But just before we do that, though, I, I do want to provide a little bit more contextual information. Uh, Sugi's appearance was Season 2, Episode 17, titled Bounty Hunters. And on the ship with her in this episode, uh, you see Serapis. He is back. He is still with Sugi, but he's not um, in, in his like, like little powered-up bio-armor, whatever it was. He's in his true form. He stayed in that true form after the events of that episode. So that's kind of an interesting little detail to note uh, if, if, you're pay if you're paying attention to those sort of things. All right, but let's go ahead, and now we're going to check in on Ahsoka and her battle with the, with the leader of the Trandoshans. And, yeah, we'll see how that kind of culminates as uh, he's still dealing with uh, some hurt feelings, <laughs> to say the least. You're beaten. You murdered my son. And you need to pay for what you did. Your son died because of your own actions, not mine. Don't! So Ahsoka, using a force push, shoved him out of the back of the chamber and over the railing down to where the Wookiees and the main battle was taking place. That Trandoshan has died just like his son did. One of the interesting aspects, I, I, I don't even know if it's interesting, but again, that certain point of view that Star Wars loves to employ. You know, he's mad at Ahsoka for killing his son. 
and as we as we talked about a little bit about earlier in the episode, and how many dozens and dozens of beans have they casually killed uh, in the name of their big hunt? You know, for the for the great scorekeeper, their 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 uh, goddess that they worship on on Trandosia. Uh, I, I wish they had sort of talked about that a little bit more. That's like the one aspect I think they could have dived into a bit more. I would have liked to see that sort of exploration of why they're doing this hunt. What what's sort of the motivation here? Obviously, the Trandosian's moral uh, barometer is, is completely skewed here, as, as he doesn't seem to be able to distinguish the fact that what he's doing, what he and his kin are doing, is the equivalent of murder, as, as they are plucking these beings from around the galaxy to hunt them down and kill them. They seem to have no second thoughts about it. But when all of a sudden, their intended prey fights back and kills one of them, and kills the son of this chieftain, all of a sudden, now it's murder. Now there's a great injustice being done. Uh, so again, you you can explore that sort of a level of hypocrisy all day long, and uh, have a good time with it. But they don't, they don't go into that. But it's it is interesting to see Ahsoka. Everything Ahsoka says is dead on. You know, the son dies as the result of his own actions, and her just attempting to, to preserve her own life. Uh, I mean, complete self defense, right? So interesting. But it's it's it is kind of uh, the 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 look on Ahsoka's face as she reaches the railing to look down at the dead body of the Trandoshan she just sent over the edge. And the Wookiees howling up at her. Uh, very, very interesting stuff. And so now we're going to kind of get to the to that third act that we talked about at the beginning when uh, Ahsoka and Anakin reunite back on course and they have their chit-chat. So uh, I think there's a lot of really good stuff in there, so we're going to get to that right, right in just a moment. Hang on. Ahsoka, I am so sorry. For what? For letting you go. For letting you get taken. It was my fault. No, Master. It wasn't your fault. I should have paid more attention. I should have tried harder. I... You already did everything you could. Everything you had to do. When I was out there, alone, all I had was your training and the lessons you taught me. And because of you, I did survive. And not only that, I was able to lead others to survive as well. I don't know what to say. I do. Thank you, Master. You're welcome, my Padawan. So it's this moment of great respect between the two characters who, through these first uh, handful of seasons, particularly in the, in the earlier seasons, in one and two, and then in, in, the, in the early part of three, uh, before Ahsoka made the jump to this older Ahsoka, this more mature Ahsoka, you know, remember their their relationship was very antagonistic with each other. You know, there, there was a lot of highs and lows, but a lot of butting heads and disagreements. Um, and and to sort of see this moment where the where the the teacher understands that what he's been doing has been the right thing all along, uh, it's 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 a moment for Anakin to learn for himself that that he doesn't have to be the one to fix everything. He doesn't have to be the one to, to rescue everyone and to save the day all the time. He's imparted the skills to Ahsoka for her to save herself. And it's it's a really important lesson. And the final moments of this episode as as Yoda witnesses this this uh this conversation between the two. Uh and and sees them walk off together uh in mutual respect and admiration for each other and and for what they've been able to teach each other. I think I think what they're trying to show here with this moment is that is that you know Yoda and the other Jedi masters have always had some concern about Anakin Skywalker. You know they they 
have feared him being trained as a, a since since the beginning that he was too old to begin the training that he was uh, to it he, he had already developed attachments to everything and they knew that it was sort of like his fatal flaw right uh, and and so you wonder after this moment if Yoda's beginning to think that that Anakin has turned a corner and that maybe having this Padawan having this relationship is actually going to get him make sure that Anakin stays on the right path and doesn't become swayed by the dark side or any of the other uh, temptations that are associated with, with someone who came so late to the order. Uh, and I, I think that's really interesting. And I think that's a really uh, a, a pivotal moment for these two characters. Again, the the fact that we've reached this level now where Ahsoka and Anakin uh, are, are, are basically peers with each other, right? Like, he's, she's still the Padawan, and he's still his master. <laughs> that was my text message alert. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes, my text message alert is Chewbacca. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, I sort of lost my train of thought, but again, she's still the Padawan, he's still her master, uh, but now there's that sort of respect that we'd always seen in the other master-Padawan relationships that we hadn't seen from this one, uh, and, and it's a really nice moment between the two characters, uh, and it shows the development of their relationship as it moves forward into season four and forward, uh, because... They, they're, they're not always going to be... Again, they're, they're, they are their own characters and they will have their disagreements and their squabbles, but it won't be the sort of like the senseless bickering that we've seen uh, in, in, in younger Ahsoka days, uh, in, in Anakin's more rash and impulsive days too. Okay? Because like our fortune cookie tells us, Anakin has to be the student in, in this scenario as well. He has to be learning. He has to be growing and changing as well. And again, that is the really nice part about Star Wars The Clone Wars. Of why I think so many casual fans maybe have dismissed Star Wars The Clone Wars. Any of the animation stuff have have d dismissed these shows. It's just like, oh, it's it's kitty for it's kitty fair. Uh, there's not a lot going on here. Like whatever, you know. No, no, no. Like there is some really great emotional character development things happening that is going to be really essential now in the live action universe as as we're transitioning from this animated series period. Uh, to live action, and, and these characters and a lot of these themes are transferring over into live action as well. Uh, so don't think that it's going to stop with just Ahsoka. Like, there's so many more elements that are going to come along with her uh, from this as well. You know, we know Hayden Christensen is returning for the Obi-Wan series, and I, th I believe the, the, the strong rumor is that he will be making some sort of appearance or cameo uh, in the Ahsoka series, which just makes a ton of sense. Like, why not explore that relationship more fully? Uh, from a much later vantage point in Ahsoka's life with all the things that she's gone through since the Clone Wars, you know, and there's still a lot of uh, blank spots to fill in with her. Yes, we catch up with her in Rebels, but, you know, we still don't know, necessarily know the details of where she was and what she was doing during uh, the events of the original trilogy. Uh, how she, has she ever met with Luke Skywalker? Has she ever talked to him about his father and, and her, her teacher, her mentor, her Jedi Master? So, uh, this is just, a, 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 again, one of those sort of moments that cements that relationship and it makes things so much so much more interesting to, to play off of down the road. It's a good moment. It's a pivotal moment. Closes out Season 3 on a really, really strong note for the characters. Love it, love it, love it. And that look, again, that look on Yoda's face. I mean, tell me what you see when, when you're looking at Yoda. Watch them walk away together uh, in sort of mutual respect for each other as, as Master and Padawan. But... Anakin learning a valuable lesson at the same time that like he's done a good job. He's been a good master. He gave Ahsoka the skills to survive this ordeal and come back a stronger person for it. 
so really great stuff. I, I, I love these character moments. Uh, I think I neglected to mention in the, in the opening of the show, this episode is in fact directed by the one, the only Dave Filoni, and written by Bonnie Mark, who also wrote the first episode of it as well. And yeah, I, I, again, it's it's a these two episodes are very direct. They're very straightforward. They're very head on. Uh, but what they provide here is very subtle, but very interesting and and, and unique for the characters and, and sort of essential for their development. So I love this two parter, uh, particularly by the end here with these two characters and, and the and the realizations uh, that Anakin, hey, he's doing a good job, buddy. He's a good master after all. He may be a tad aggressive. You know, he loves those aggressive negotiations. But, yeah, he's doing good work with Ahsoka, and, and she is paying attention. And, again, seeing that respect, that development, that progression in their relationship, awesome, awesome stuff. This is eight and a half buckets for me. I really like it. The, the final moments bring us together. But I also love seeing Wookiees, you know, descend out of a, out of a, out of a ship and start wrecking house on some Trandosians. It's pretty great. Pretty awesome stuff. And, uh, you know, still love those Wookiees. Can't get enough of them. I wish I wish we'd spend more time with the Wookiees in some context. Maybe with Chrysanthemum and Boba Fett, we'll start getting some more Wookiees in, involved in some shows. I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I think that's sort of like the one thing. This is a total t- side tangent, I, and so I apologize in advance. But, but I think that's sort of like the one thing with the live-action shows is like there is a bit of a limitation on how much you can do in a specific episode. And again, don't get me wrong, like the Clone Wars stuff was animated, was limited too, but we saw so many alien species, we have to spend so, many time, so much time with so many other characters uh, I, that I don't think we can get away with on like the Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett, where we're, we're only with these characters for eight to ten episodes. Uh, you know, it's got to be, you know, they want more distilled, distilled character stuff for, for the, the title characters. On the Clone Wars, on Rebels, you're able to spend time with a lot of tertiary characters, which is, which is very fascinating in a lot of aspects. So we'll see what happens, but you know, I, again, I'm just basically I'm just saying I'm very pro Wookie. Give me more, give me more, give me more. <laughs> All right, let's get the heck out of here. All right, I already gave you guys the rundown uh, that that there may be a bit of a lull between season three uh, and season four of the Star Wars Clone Wars, the rewatch episodes, but maybe only about two weeks tops. I don't think it'd be too long. We're gonna we're gonna spend some time breaking down Boba Fett in the coming weeks, uh, and there may just be. This is the plan, but there may be a bonus episode the same day this episode comes out. Go back into your feed. I think there's going to be a bonus show uh, because this comes out on Star Wars Podcast Day, and I am I am going to try my hardest to uh, make a contribution to, to that wonderful uh, social media event like I did last year. It won't be on the same. It won't be quite the same. I think we're going to be a little bit more focused on on uh, something something that's been going on on the live action shows, but I can't wait to share it with you all. So I'm going I'm to get that confirmed and locked in, and I will share that on social media. But by the time you listen to this, you'll know whether or not it's happening or not. So fingers crossed I can pull that off. I got, I got a few things on my uh, real-life schedule that may interfere, but I think, I, I, think I've got it, I think I've got it worked out. Again, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. All right, you know, we have to thank some very important people now. We have to thank the, the Man of Vision Maniacs for their support, because without them, uh, the show's not the same. So thank you so much uh, to those Mandavision Maniacs, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bayho, Jeff Nail. Jeff is co-hosting the Ring in the Air, a great music podcast, so check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pariah Brewing Company, here in San Diego, California, and now in Baltimore, Maryland, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops, the silent assassin, he who should not be named, 
and Syndicate Ram, co-host of the Come On It's So Good podcast as well, a good friend of ours, uh, and we love what they do over there. If you want to become a Mandivision Maniac, head over to patreon.com forward slash Mandivision, join the Maniacs, and gain access to sweet bonus content there. Depending on if I can get my stuff together, there may be a new Patreon episode out this week. We'll see. Again, fingers crossed. But there's plenty up there to pick from right now. I think there's at least three. Three bonus episodes for y'all to check out uh, that go into all kinds of crazy things and more to come. So thank you all so much for being Vision Maniacs. Without you, uh, this show would be hot garbage. Maybe you think it already is. But, but it really would be without their support. It'd be real hot garbage for sure. All right, let's do it. Let's get out of here. We got the season finale of Book of Boba Fett coming up this week. Don't miss it. It's going to be spectacular. Let, let's see if Boba Fett can stick the landing. I hope so. I've been enjoying the series. Uh, I know it's, it's come under fire for some, some details, but hey, I'm a fan. I love it. More, I'm a fan of the Fett. We've said it before in the show. Fan of the Fett. All right, let's get out of here. You know what that means? This podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.